All right, everyone. I am really excited about this episode today. We have Anna Marcoline, and I had to ask her a few times, how do you even pronounce that name? Because I'm terrible with names. She's a psychotherapist and host of the Real Therapist podcast herself. So Anna, thank you so much for joining today. No problem. Thanks for having me, Erica. Happy to be here. Thank you. Like I wanted to post this topic and you reached out to me right away and I'm super thankful you did. I did get to listen. I creeped a little bit. I creeped on your podcast for a hot second and I'm so excited to talk to you because this is such an important topic that not a lot of people talk about. And if they do have these kind of feelings, they don't understand what they mean or they almost feel ashamed of it. Yes. So what I'm talking about is imposter syndrome. And I know when I told my husband, I, I think I'm struggling with imposter syndrome. And he said, what the hell is that? <laughs> like had yeah. no idea what that was. And um, it was something that I've started struggling with. I think I struggled with it for the majority of when I started losing weight. So back five years ago, you know, I started losing weight. I'm now down 150 pounds. And throughout that whole time, I tracked everything on social media. And with that came new opportunities. And I know I worked hard for them, but now here I am six years later, I have my own fitness studio Mm-hmm. I'm running this podcast. I have online memberships. I have supplement companies and I got to be the trainer on a national TV show, the biggest loser. And after the biggest loser was done filming, I came back home and I really struggled with these feelings of fear and anxiety. And I kept saying, people don't think I deserve this. Or people must think I got lucky or people must go, what is she doing in a position like that? And I felt so scared. Like it was almost debilitating to a point of, oh, I don't deserve this. Or the world is going to find out that I just, I did just get lucky or I don't know what I'm talking about. Maybe I am faking it till I make it. And I would almost not want to go out in public. I remember when I was doing a press tour And we had to meet everyone from NBC, like Mandy Moore was there, the TV show, This Is Us, the whole cast was there. Um, Who was the comedian? Kevin, Kevin Hart. I come around the corner to our hotel during this media tour and Kevin Hart's like, hey, Erica. And I'm like, what? How does Kevin Hart even know who I am? And I remember going back to my room going, A, that's cool. But B, does Kevin Hart just look at me and be like, why is she doing what she's doing? Like, how did she get so lucky? So I I constantly have these feelings and it's almost an anxiety thing where I just don't even want to meet new people because I'm fearful of this, this feeling. And I started looking into it and it's called imposter syndrome. Yeah. So you say you deal with that a lot with your clients. So I'm interested to kind of understand a little bit more of maybe some signs you see in people or what the feelings they have. Like, let's, let's talk about this. Yeah. So tell me what you know about imposter syndrome. So what I know is first of all, you're not alone. And I, I think you probably do know that to some degree that I think most people deal with imposter syndrome and I, it, it crosses all sexes. It co- crosses all socioeconomic, um, stratas it crosses i mean it's so many people deal with this but what you said earlier is so true we don't talk about it right what i find with imposter syndrome when it comes up 
in sessions with my clients and I'll even, you know, my name is a real therapist podcast for a reason. I'm really real with my clients and with people I talk to and I'm here to raise my hand and say, yeah, I have dealt with it as well. A couple times in my life, which is interesting more in the last 10 years of my life, I've really dealt with it. And it comes up, I think, when we start to push ourselves outside of our comfort zones of what we're used to. So when you're doing something like you got this new job and you interviewed, you interviewed well, you got hired for this promo or this job or you got this promotion, what do we do? For a minute, we may be happy about it. Then we go, oh, well, I don't know. Maybe I don't really know all the information. Maybe this is just, maybe this just... I bit off more than I could chew or, or you know, maybe they just accidentally hired me and they didn't really mean to hire me. They just, I don't know, somehow my resume got in that in the acceptance pile. I mean, we find all kinds of crazy freaking ways to put ourselves down. And like, I did that yes. all the time on campus. Yeah. I remember when they finally picked me and I got to campus, I would call my then fiance, I would call him and I would FaceTime him crying after, like, let's say my team lost a challenge. And, you know, Steve, who was my co-host or the co-trainer at the time, he thought I was crying and I was so upset because I lost. And he thought I wasn't able to take a loss very well. I was, and I, I hid that. And I said, I agreed to that because I didn't want him to really know. But I was like, I don't deserve to be here. They picked the wrong person. I don't know why they think I'm that person. Maybe someone was like loopy one day. Right. I right. Am not, I'm not their person. Like I would have panic attacks about it. Because we're difficult on ourselves. And I think that many, many of us go through life from a time that we're maybe, well, from a very young age, a week, we tend to be more critical of ourselves than others are of us. Mm -hmm. You know, we put ourselves down. We tend to not have the self-belief that we can do really great things. We have a, it's, it, you know, you may know it's scarcity mindset or having a limited mindset that mm -hmm. I can go this far and then that's it. Well, when we start, part of us starts to challenge that and say, well, wait a minute, Maybe you do have an entrepreneurial side. Let's get curious about that. Let's look at that. Let's start to take actions to go after that entrepreneurial business that I want to start. And then it starts to sh happen for us and we show up for it. All of a sudden it's like, well, well but, but wait, okay, I didn't know that I was going to meet celebrities. I, I don't know what to say because they're not my people. Oh, I'm not comfortable around them. They're so great. I'm not great. They're great. So then comes the compare and despair. Here comes the, um, it's really like the shoulds. I always tell my clients, don't should on yourself. Should leads to shame. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Should leads to shame. Yeah. But it's funny you say that about the celebrity thing, because again, during the press tour for the show, I, at the end of the day, NBC threw a big party for everyone on the network that was there doing the press junket. And I had Rosario Dawson. I had Fran Dresser. I had again, Mandy Moore on my right hand side. And I go, what the hell? Like I felt like a fish out of water. And then yeah. you said, like the comparison. And then I started going, oh, I should be as thin as her. Like if I'm here, I should be as thin as her or I should yes. be as pretty as her. And then yes. I, just, I drew back and I remember going, all right, I'm ready to go to my room and have PJs. And that, I would love to have stayed longer. But for me, I was just so uncomfortable with my mindset at that point and my inner dialogue that I just almost like I had to run. Like I, I just needed to get away. 
It's truly a form of suffering. I think that, you know, with imposter syndrome, we don't really talk about it and we keep it inside our, our head. We keep it inside our minds. No one knows. So the, the, you know, I'm just going to jump ahead a little bit here as to what to do. And one thing that we can all start with is to talk about it because, you know, with imposter syndrome, there's a level of shame there that, you know, has something to do. And I'm a therapist and I know that not everybody maybe subscribes to this, but I do wonder if it's got something to do with the way we talk to ourselves, like I mentioned earlier, about when we were younger, maybe something that was said to us from a family member when we were eight, nine, 10 years old, something the way we were treated maybe in high school. It goes back to, it can go back to an earlier time for some of us. Um, and I think that there's shame there. And I do think it's important to talk about it. Like you're doing right now, you're, you're really being very open and candid and authentic about your, your journey with this. That's the way we start to deal with imposter syndrome because once we talk about imposter syndrome, we're talking about vulnerability. Mm -hmm. And now we're, ta and we're talking about shame. And shame doesn't live in the darkness. Shame, I'm sorry, shame lives in darkness. Shame can't live in the light. So once we bring it out into the light, we talk about how we're vulnerable, it really does start to etch away at imposter syndrome for all of us. Now, let me ask you, because that's a good point, you know, however, and I always like to challenge certain things and play devil's advocate to a point, you know, with my certain career, I live my life online and, you know, there's almost a million people who follow yes. my life and that opens the floodgates, right? Now, when you say share that and be vulnerable, then on the flip side, do you have people who are, will share it and then almost get backlash for it? Because I'm almost, it's almost at that point where it's like, you want to share this so bad because you know, a lot of, a lot of other people struggle with it, but then you're like, well, then I'm going to be seen as weak. And in my industry where it's all these fitness people and all these people who are strong, right? Like all these women who are just ripped and all their pictures are great and, right. and filtered. Right. And then like I posted a picture yesterday where it was me in my dirty garage, no filter, no great light and being vulnerable, right. which is great. But then I'm like, does that, am I being shown as weak now because I'm talking about this? Like, do you have people that also struggle with that? Absolutely. Because, but Erica, listen to what you just said. You just said to me, I'm going to be looked at as weak. Well, according to whom? How, right. who is good? Who's you're saying that mm -hmm. people on social media, the meet the millions of people that watch you, I would venture to guess that most of them are going, look at her, man. I mean, she's like a badass. She's just putting it out there. That vulnerability is strength. Most people are okay. So most people are not saying to us, you're weak. However, because of social media being the way it is today, yes, people will say mean things to you. And that's when we have to just quiet that down. So we have to almost quiet down our own interior dialogue and actually press like the mute button or you know walk away from our phones. Decide what noise you want to listen to, and I, in my opinion, a lot of that's noise, right? And it but, is. But I think a lot, like what you had just said, pay attention to that. Like people are going to think I'm weak. That might, that may have something more to do with your insecurities in this case, because you're making yourself vulnerable and and sharing that, which is wonderful that it, it, imposter syndrome taps into a part of us that we do believe about ourselves is not so great. Like I can give you an example. I, um, qualified, I'm a triathlete. So I qualified for world championships a few years ago and it was a really big deal for me because I've always been like a middle of the pack, um, triathlete in my age group. And I 
you know, in the smaller races, I could get on the podium for second or third place, but never at the half Ironman, which is my distance, never at the half Ironman distance. Those are really, really hard races with some badass elite athletes. I was about to say, those are some elite athletes right there, girl. Yeah. And I would, and, and I never, so here we go. So I do this race in 2016 in Ohio. I trained, did everything that I, you know, needed to be doing to train for this race. I go and do this race and I come in third in my age group. So I qualified for the world championship the next year. You know what I did? I was happy that in the moment I was crying, but you know what my mind started to do, which, so for all of you out there who are listening, you are so not alone because I'm not somebody who really deals with imposter syndrome a lot in my life, but so I'm 51 today. I was 46, 47, 48 at the time. It totally reared its ugly head for me. And I'm going, oh, I just got third place and I got it by the skin of my teeth. I shouldn't be really be here on this podium with all these elite athletes that went on for almost a whole year until the, the world championship came up. I was getting ready one day with my daughter at the time. It was like 22 years old. And I was telling her about the race coming up and she's saying, are you excited? And I started to cry. I said, I don't belong there. I, I yes, we're going and yes, I've been training, but I don't really belong there. Samantha, I'm not, I'm not like them. I'm not as good as them. Yep. I, I'm just not as talented as them. And she goes, mom, that's imposter syndrome. She's like, <laughs> I, I, she said this to me. I'm going, you're right. I counsel my clients all the time about this. And I didn't even see it pop up within myself that I was, I was thinking of all the things that, well, I didn't like him in so much so many minutes after the second place person. Oh, I don't do well in the sun. And that was a really cloudy day that day. And that's the only reason why. I wow. You went play. in depth with it. I went like, into, I went, are you, are you kidding? Girl. Yes. I went into the weeds, ripping myself, taking myself apart for, it wasn't a sunny day. And mm -hmm. I just, I don't know why I had it. It, it was so bad, Erica, that when I got out of the water, when you're like in the lead that you have the bikers who are with you and they tell yeah. you your placement, he goes, you're second out of the water. I'm like, are you, you, you talk, talking to me? Who, I was like looking behind me, like, who is he talking to? And then the bike, they're there with you and they're telling you where you are. And I'm like, get away from me. I don't deserve to be here. I mean, really, it was really bad. And then it takes away the excitement and the joy, which then yes. is a whole other layer on yes. top of this. So yes. I recognize this and then you're speaking everything to me because I recognize this back into, it was three or four years ago. I was so, and I, I almost used the word then I was so lucky to be picked, you know, yes. for a women's health magazine cover for America's next fitness star. And I remember I didn't enjoy the experience at all because the whole time I was thinking, oh, well, this girl's five, five and one. 120 and I'm 511 and 160 and I was yep. just like constantly and like people were always saying just like you with the biking like oh my gosh great job you're this you're that and I would have them say great things to me and I would be like Shh, I don't even want to hear that and then it right. just got and then I'd like look back on the experience and I'm so I don't want to say upset or mad at myself, but I'm so, I don't know what word I want to use, but I, I wish I would have taken that moment to enjoy it. And because you sabotaged yourself. Yes. And I do. That's that, what I did. And I did it on set with the biggest loser time and time again. And I don't think now, maybe you can tell me different. Do people really 
learn how to cope with this. Like I'm looking at possibility of biggest loser season two and thinking, am I going to still have those struggles? Now you would never see it on camera. You would never see it with my team. You would never know unless you were in my dressing room and poor Steve cook (laughs) was like my brother on set. And he would, he would even like come sit next to me. He's like, Erica, stop talking like that. Like you're a badass. You know, there was even one time he was like, (laughs) he was even like, Erica, you're a single mom. You beat cancer. You lost 150 pounds. You made your own empire. Is there anything you can't do? Are you going to walk on water next? And I would still beat myself up, you know, because yes. I was just next to Steve Cook, the fitness, the king fitness trainer, you know, and I, I didn't believe I belonged. So do people ever really cope with this or is this something that's yes. around forever? Yes. So what the number one way of coping with the feelings of being an imposter is to start talking about it. So I think when we start to talk about it with a trusted person, uh, maybe a family member, a friend, your life partner, or a therapist or a life coach, what you're doing is you're taking the stigma out of it for yourself. And in talking about it, you're making yourself vulnerable. Vulnerable. And what I find is that when we talk to, to others about it, what usually happens is the person that's listening is saying, I've been there too. Mm-hmm. You're not alone. Or what has helped me that this might not help everybody is others will validate for me what I've done, the work I've done to get there. And that has helped me that remember you worked really hard for this and you are here for a reason. It doesn't mean that you still don't have work to do to get further, Anna, but validate where you are right now today. And I've had to learn. And I think that people, we need to learn to feel comfortable being uncomfortable that right now it's uncomfortable and I'm going to learn to sit with that. Does that, does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. And I, and you know, what's funny is you said the same thing that I tell my clients, I preach it all the time, but then actually acting on it ourselves is a much different story. And I constantly say, get comfortable with being uncomfortable because yes. that's, when, that's when real change starts to happen. And, you know, I keep referencing back to the biggest loser just because that was the last thing in my life that was so monumental that I struggled with that imposter syndrome. But I, you're right. You get to the point where then it starts becoming natural and I would walk on set every day. I felt comfortable. And then come episode four or five, I was like, oh yeah, I totally deserve to be here. Like I'm putting in the work. I'm doing what I need to do. Exactly. And it's, I had to accept being uncomfortable every day. Like you're talking, I had to fly away from my family and my life across the country and show up on set of this national TV show by myself. How uncomfortable is that? You know? Yeah. So you can imagine the thoughts that were racing through my head at that point. So I think that, yeah, that's a great example. And I think that, so what you do is you talk back to your negative feelings So number one, find someone to talk to who can validate, who will just listen, accept what you're saying, validate you. And then number two, talk back to your negative thoughts. So, I mean, I'm doing this every single day in my office with clients. I can't tell you. I mean, where I sit in my chair, I look at my clients and I think, you are the bomb. Like you are a badass. Like you're about to become this amazing chef. You're about to like kill in the world of like, I don't know, computers and tech and yeah. Whatever it is that they're doing, right. All the things. I mean, from where I sit, I think, wow, that what you're doing is so great. 
but we are so difficult on ourselves. Like our narratives, our interior narratives are one of so much criticism. So what I tell my clients to do is you cannot be that mean to yourself. You must, if you're going to say something negative, you must balance it with a positive thought. And if it's not going to be a positive thought, at the minimum, it's going to be a neutral. So we call it, it's the, this is a cognitive therapy, cognitive behavioral therapy. So I take from that um, theory. I, I love it. I use it all the time with my clients. So I, we call it opposite action. So if you say I suck, then you're going to get a sticky note and you're going to write the opposite. I'm, I'm awesome. Fabulous. I'm fabulous. Now you ha it has to feel authentic. So it's, it's got to be something that feels authentic to you. Like I don't, for me, like what doesn't work is you've got this, I think, because I hear it all the time. So yeah, I'm the same way. I can't handle that. Right. I don't like that word, that, that term. So for me, it's, I write down on sticky notes, Anna, you've done the work, quiet your mind, go do it. Mm -hmm. I put that on a sticky note and I stuck that in on the mirror in my bathroom and I would look at that when I was training or like for me starting a podcast, I had a lot of imposter syndrome about that. I'm not 30 years old. I don't know what I'm doing. Nobody's going to listen to me. Why don't you just stay in your small little office in Illinois? Like stop, just stop. And so write out the positives and stick them around and look at those and, and use that positive self-talk. Yeah. And if you, Go ahead. No, you're, yeah, you're absolutely right. You know, I have an online membership and I like to include mindset workouts or yeah. mental homework workouts. And one of the things I like to use is switch your radio from AM um, to, or AM to FM. So yeah. your AM radio is against you and then your FM is for you. And I want you to write down. And, and then the biggest thing, like you said, self-awareness is huge when it comes to this. And yes. my husband and the kids will even laugh in the car because one of my challenges or one of my mindset workouts was I wanted people to acknowledge every time they said something negative to themselves, because we as women, especially do oh, it yeah. so much that it's second nature. And it could be as something as simple as driving in the car. I'm like, oh, I'm so dumb. You know, like we just feel like that's okay. But when it's so yeah. repetitive, we begin to believe it. So being that, um, what is that old school therapist name? I forget. She used to have touchstones for life. I don't know if you remember, but she would call it compassionate observer. Oh, not, um, you know what I'm talking about? She oh, was yes. so cheesy. Got yeah. up. <laughs> And she would have like the short bob and she had these little touchstone jewels. And I remember it was not like, Byron Katie. No, is it not Byron Katie? No. Later, and I'm going to be so okay. mad at myself. But yeah. touchstone jewels Byron Katie's awesome, by the way. So she is. She yeah. Is, yeah. But this woman would sit and her voice was like this. And she said, be a compassionate observer yeah. about yourself and be compassionate against your inner critic. And I, yeah. I laughed back then because I was so childish, but now I realize you do have to be compassionate against, you know, those words and, and stop them in their place and be like, I've actually said, you know, referencing back to when I was saying the kids and my husband will make fun of me in the car because sometimes I'll be like, now, Erica, I know you're trying to motivate me talking to yourself like that, but that's not how we do it. So let's yeah. do it this way. And they're like having a bad thought again. Oh. <laughs> like, <"Nope." laughs> like, you know what? I know, but you know, it's so, that's interesting though, but it does work. And I was listening to, I was, I was watching something on Netflix about like something about all the comedians. Cause I love comedy. And I was listening to one of the comedians talking about how he would do stand up in New York and then he'd leave the studio, like the, the stand up uh, 
place where he was he was working and walking home he goes I'd walk like 40 blocks down Manhattan and I'd be talking to myself I'd be saying like the negatives and everybody's saying that the positives trying to build myself up he's like I look you know it's New York no one's staring at him because you know it's New York City but yeah but that he looked like he goes I look psychotic because like there was a bad side of me and there was like the good side of me trying to build myself back up I mean it was funny but there's a lot of real value and worth to that that it's it's we don't deserve to rip on ourselves the way that we do. And to your point, women tend to be more critical of ourselves than I think men are. Mm-hmm. And I am generalizing by saying that to a point, to a point. But I think that, but I have to say, I see this, this doesn't matter what, what your sex is. I just see this. I mean, I see people who are, you know, I had a, uh, somebody who was high level, really did well, was in medical school and was just, you know, on his way, you know, getting, he was a bit, he was accepted this, got this great residency and he was in therapy with me going, I don't deserve to be where I'm at. I don't deserve to be here. I'm going to the, I got this residency and I don't really know how I got it. And everyone's going to find out about me mm-hmm. and I'm going to be found fraud by the attendings and they're going to kick me out. And he, and I'm looking at him going, are you really? But he really oh, believed yeah. it. And yeah. so, so another point that I did want to make about, um, imposter syndrome is that we don't have to know it all mm-hmm. and that is really liberating i think that we don't have to know it all but it's okay it's so for hard, though like, i know i know but it's so, so important hard. that we I adopt mean- <laughs> i know but it's important that we adopt it because like like when i was starting my podcast and i was getting freaked out with imposter syndrome saying oh my gosh my colleagues you know, these, these great colleagues of mine who are in the field, they might listen and they're going to say, she doesn't really, well, because she didn't say that, right? She doesn't really know that. That's not the proper, I don't know what study she's talking about with that. That's not what the research, no, that's not true. The research doesn't show that. I hear, so listen to me now. I mean, it's so easy for me to remember yeah. years back, all the negatives, but I thought to myself, Anna, accept that you don't know it all and say that, that I know some things, I don't know everything. And that's okay. And that I am of value and people will find me to be of value and will listen to what I have to give. And then it doesn't have to be everything and it doesn't have to be all. Do you know what I'm saying? It's not an all or nothing I, I thinking. It, I mean, I, I know. Hear it. You know, I hear it. <laughs> Doctor, right. I hear it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's so hard to put that into practice. Now, which leads me to kind of like the next thing. Um, you know, is there a correlation between imposter syndrome and maybe different fields of, of careers or just in, is there, is it just in general? Like, I feel like every field may have something different. Like with fitness, I, I think my husband, God love him. He's so supportive, but he's so sick of me hearing, Oh, I don't look like I work out. Or, um, you know, when you say we don't have to have all the answers with fitness, it's like, if you don't know a proper term, people will rip you apart. And I remember being on The Biggest Loser and one of my cast members, one of my contestants only lost one pound. And I do remember saying in the weigh-in, sometimes I don't, as coaches, we don't know why. And that felt good. But at the same time, I felt a lot of shame. And there's that terrible word, but I felt a lot of shame that as someone who got casted for a national TV show to be America's weight loss trainer, I did not have the answers. Yeah. So I'm wondering, you know, do you see it? more commonly in people who've lost a lot of weight or do you see it in people more commonly who are mothers like or is it just like everyone's dealing with? i think it's everyone it's uh, it's everyone it's across everything i see it in people who have lost quite a bit of weight in my office saying 
you know, I look this way, but I still feel like the, the 250 pound girl and I still want to kind of go inward and get fetal. And I don't really want to take up space and put my arms out and say, hi world, I'm here because I, I don't feel that I quote deserve to be here. This is not really real. And, and I say, well, you've done the work. Yes, I've done the work, but inside, mm -hmm. inside myself, I still feel like I'm a fraud. Yeah. I hear it. I mean, I can't even tell you. I mean, I hear it with uh, like back to that person who is in residency. Um, just feeling like I've done all this work. You know, I have the, uh, the, um, the MCAT scores. I did really well in medical school. And here I am at this great uh, residency program. But I, I don't know. I mean, I think that they probably just made a mistake. Did, did mm. they really think that I'm the, I think the day that I show up for residency, they're going to look at me and go, he said this, they're going to look at me and go, oh, that's not who we thought he was. I maybe like, we thought that, that there I was someone else coming. I feel like I need to slide into this guy's DM because we had the same inner dialogue. I get on campus and I remember I was going to be the executive producer um, for lunch before we even started filming. And I, throughout that time, walking up to that meeting, I go, he's going to see me and be like, this is not what we thought. This yes. is not what we wanted. And they're going to kick me out and they're going to have to cast it all over. And then I'm going to be embarrassment. And then it just kept going and going. Go right, right. So, you know, one thing I would also recommend is for people, if you're not a journaler to maybe it. So if you journal, if you're someone who likes to write, to start writing about this, write about how you feel. Um, if you can't write, if you don't want to write, go talk to somebody about how you feel. Go to somebody who loves you, who supports you, who can validate you. Um, I do think it's really important to, to start to change the narrative on how we talk to ourselves and to accept that maybe if, even though I feel this way about me, that others don't see, think, and feel this way about me. That we, we need to move into a place of, I say this all the time, it's none of your business what people say about you behind your back because mm -hmm. you weren't meant to hear it anyway. Right. And I think that it, in a way it's like, we need to move into a space of, of quieting the outside voices of what people, we think people are saying about us because 99.9% .9 of the time, they're not thinking negative, critical things of us. That's, uh, that's, that's like me with me. Do you know what I'm saying? Or you with yeah. you. That's you being hard on you. And you, so and you made a point too earlier. I'm sorry to cut you off, but you made a point earlier where that stems from somewhere. Um, you know, majority of the time it stems from somewhere. And when I do go back and I look at my childhood, and that's a whole other conversation we can have at another point. Right. Looking back at my childhood, I remember certain family members, and I remember it clear as day, getting out of the pool one day, and he looked at me and goes, wow, you're getting chunky. And I was like 11 years yeah. old. Isn't that amazing? You yeah. never forget that. You never forget that. And it's just one of those things that it's like, ding, and it brings yes. you back. Um, to self-doubt, yeah. to self-doubt and misgivings about yourself. Mm -hmm. And maybe, because it maybe in some ways, inside yourself, you still feel like you're, you're that 11 year old little girl. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I know I, I, I kind of resort back to that and I've never really yeah. openly talked about, I, you know, I really do struggle to the point where it's almost debilitating and I, I yes. do talk to a therapist and you know, it's, it's, it's definitely hard for anyone. Um, and I think social media has made it harder for people. Oh yeah. Oh That's yeah. And especially if your job is social media and yes. then my icing to the cake is my job is how I look, right? Yes. Um, yes. So it's even it's like all those layers that the current, you know, social media climate that we're in and how hard we are on ourselves. Like it all is that perfect storm 
for people to really struggle with this imposter syndrome. So to, to round it out, you're really saying, you know, change the way you talk to yourself, mm-hmm. you know, talk to someone and, and don't be shamed about it. Like shame can't live in light and be open about it. And I, I myself have got to stop saying, well, people are going to think I'm weak and people are going to yes. think I'm lame. <laughs> right. And, and that those, those little things that trigger you. I remember a comment from the biggest loser. Someone said, man, can Erica stop crying? This trainer is supposed to be strong. And I was See? like, you know, it's like, don't show vulnerability because people think you should be strong. So I got to stop that mindset. Um, and, and then write about it and just be open, be open. And then Another thing I would just add to that too is, is like I had, I think I'd said earlier is that it's okay to not know everything Yeah, that, you know, I think that's a big one because you know what I, you know, what, and how I resolved it with being quote worried about what my colleagues would think of me when I was first thinking about the podcast was it's okay not to know everything. Mm -hmm. And so when someone asks me a question that I don't know, I will say to them, I don't know but I'll get back to you. I'll get that answer for you. Let me go check. I don't know right now, but I'll get back to you. And that's a really nice way of being easy on ourselves mm-hmm. and accepting that we don't have to know everything. You don't have to have what in your eyes would be, or social media's eyes would be the perfect body because there's no perfection that we've got to kind of throw ourselves some grace mm-hmm. and allow ourselves to just be where we are and accept that, you know, right now I'm feeling like I'm a fraud and that's okay. I'm just, I'm going to work myself through it and this is how I'm going to do it. But we've got to be gentler on the way we talk to ourselves. Mm -hmm. I agree. And that's those things that we know we should do, but hearing it from the outside, you know, but people who don't know us, it's always refreshing because sometimes I'm like, I know if I talk about this, my husband, husband's going to say, Erica, you're beautiful and you're this. And I'm like, shut up. You know me. (laughs) But it's interesting, Erica, because we just met and I'm listening to you talk about, which I love your authenticity and your total vulnerability and sharing this with me on your podcast. And I'm looking at you and I'm listening to you and I'm going, what's she talking about? What? what, what, what?" And I also don't, and I, and I'm listening to you and I'm not thinking, Oh yeah, I bet that it, I bet she is that way. I bet she she doesn't know. I'm th- I'm thinking she's no no like she's really hard on herself. You yeah, know what I'm saying? Absolutely. And it's definitely and and again being super transparent, it is something that has for my whole life been a big issue, especially with the position that I'm in now. And I don't think people realize how big of an issue it is for people to just feel every single day, and especially being in quarantine. Now that we're all stuck with our own thoughts, yes, yes. busy schedules and bustling kids around and going out to dinner. We don't, we are, it's, it's yeah. our minds. We're alone with our minds more. The first time alone in our lives to the point where I've actually called my doctor and said, I think I need greater help. Like I actually did a telehealth and said, I need help because yeah. I'm at that point where I am talking to myself so poorly all the time. And I'm a huge advocate of saying, if you talk to yourself so poorly, and if you're so negative towards yourself, that's going to spill out in other aspects of your life. And it's going to show up in the way you move. It's going to show up in the way you eat. It's going to show up in your relationships. And I'm thankful that I know that because I saw that starting to happen to myself. And I saw myself not wanting to move and eat like I always have. And I saw myself not opening up to my husband like I would want to. So, you know, there's no shame in asking for help and being open about it. It's just, we have to be transparent and, and yes, 
Yeah, and, and, it, and I think, and I love you're saying that, and it's almost like welcome to pandemic 2020 mm -hmm. with the whole world, because I think that a lot of that's going on. Well, I know with mental health, the uptick. Oh, I'm with, sure you're busy. <laughs> I, yeah, it's a busy time, and, and you're not alone with how, how you're feeling, and you're right that we're alone with our thoughts, mm -hmm. and like our insecurities just can kind of creep up, and it's okay to have insecurities. It's okay to to have some doubt and, and, and not be sure about ourselves. I just think it's really important to check yourself with it. Mm -hmm. And if you, if, if like, if I can't do it with myself, find somebody else on the outside to, I gotta check my, I gotta, can I check in with you about this? Can I check in? Cause right now I'm really feeling like I don't deserve to maybe have this show or, or I'm really comparing myself a lot these days on Insta. Like I, I just, Holy crap, like I'm just ate like half cake last night and donuts and, and this girl, man, she looks hot. Like how's she doing it? And I feel like crap about myself. Well, some people, <laughs> like, I'm gonna be honest, I love that mute button on Facebook, <laughs> Instagram, and it's been like getting hot like right now. Yeah. Some people I'm like, how the hell, like how the F are they doing so good in quarantine? And I'm struggling. Like they are living large and they yes. look amazing. They're eating amazing and they're thriving and I'm barely surviving over here. So I say, and that it's, I just did like, I do my soul stroll is something, a highlight I have on Instagram. And I was love just that. last week. Yeah. And last week I was talking about comparing despair and I got so many DMs from people about compare and despair. And so that just confirmed to me that you're not alone, that we all tend to do it. And it's just really hard. And I have to tell you, I do have compassion for you because I think when you're in the world of fitness and Instagram, I have a specialty in eating disorders. So, I mean, I see teenagers, mostly girls with eating disorders. This affects every age, Instagram and the visual world. All is not as it seems. I say that all the time. All is not as it seems, everybody. All is not as it seems. That we're looking on Insta, especially maybe on TikTok these days. Not, I don't think so much Facebook, but people are looking and going, wow, how does she have it all together? How, look at that family. Look at that cute outfit. Look at that house. You're like, what? Like, she's got the most amazing body. And look at me. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and that's... Are you inside my head? <laughs> yeah. Like because it's like yeah because it's like what what and it's comforting though right erica because it's like you're not alone girlfriend you are not alone and you know that it, that yes and to be honest but that only goes so far but again that that true work has to be done on the inside you yes. know like you yes. can't live with your therapist so you have to take the tools that you give us and, and actually implement them. And I tell my clients, you got to work the plan for the plan to work. Okay. So really good point. I love it. You just said that. And I'm sure you do, you, you are doing this in the uh, professional, your fitness world is, so I throw out the mental skills, but you got to do the work. You got to do the work. So I can tell you the skills, but you actually have to go home and do them. You actually have to journal. You have to write them down. You have to put them up around your house. You've got to sit and you've got to meditate. You've got to look at your feelings and, and tell yourself, this is what I'm feeling. I am not my feelings. Mm -hmm. This is what I'm feeling. I am not my feelings. But you actually have to do that work if you want to be able to move beyond imposter syndrome. Everybody can move beyond imposter syndrome, but that's a good point. We've got to do the work. I love what you said. I am not these feelings. Yeah. I, am not these, I think that's great. And that's something I, I myself will actually take away. And I, I honestly feel like I could talk to you for, I know. <laughs>
And I feel like we need to probably have another podcast at some point because I feel like we're just, you know, on the same yes. so much. So sure. you know, I want to appreciate I want to say thank you and I appreciate you so much for coming on here. Yeah. Like 45 minutes went by so fast. Oh wow. So where can everyone find you? So I have a podcast called the Real Therapist Podcast. It's on iTunes, Stitcher, wherever you uh, find your podcasts. I also have a website, Anna Markaline, lcsw.com. That's, it's Anna Markaline, M-A-R-C-O-L-I-N, L-C-S-W. That's licensed clinical social worker. Dot com. Um, where else you can find me on Instagram, Real Therapist I'm Podcast. Yeah, yeah. I feel like I need to schedule a telehealth with you. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. You so yeah, there's lots listen. of ways. You're welcome. Yes. <laughs> welcome to the shit show. Sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> happy to, happy to. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. I can't yeah, no problem. And I appreciate you and everything okay. that you do for everyone. Thanks, Erica. Thanks, Thanks for having me on. Take Bye-bye. care.